0: Tennessee Wildcast is live on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer, and outdoor expert novice, Jason Harmon. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. I'm Jason Harmon, and we are live right here at the Fall Creek Falls State Park, which is pretty cool. We're at the uh, clubhouse here. Uh, on the golf course, and uh, got Miss Mimi Barnes with me. She's our Region Three information
1: good to be girl, back.
0: and uh, glad to have her with me.
1: Yeah, happy to be back.
0: Yeah, um, we got some good stuff today. We're gonna be talking about how the how the park partnerships with us, and how we work together on a lot of different a lot of different things uh, from fisheries and mainly fisheries today. But uh, there's a lot of stuff to do here at the park, uh, including golf right here on the golf course, and um, there's all kinds of stuff like rock climbing, fishing, hiking. You know. Everything, just about everything you can do outdoors, you can find it right here at Fall Fall Creek Falls.
1: Yeah, Fall Creek Falls is a beautiful, beautiful state park. Uh, We were told earlier it's the number one visited state park in the state of Tennessee, Mm -hmm. and they had 1.5 million visitors last year alone. So a busy place. Yep. But you wouldn't know it. I mean, it's so expansive and and absolutely beautiful regardless of the time of year.
0: Right. And I'll I'll go ahead and mention this uh, just to get it out there. We... we, we're on location day because of a special hunt that we were doing here at the park. You'll see some uh, rangers and gators and stuff right here behind us and hunters coming in and out, but uh, they're, they're uh, taking some deer off of the, off the park here. Another partnership where they allow uh, some soldiers and wounded veterans and that kind of thing to come in and take some deer off the property, help manage the deer populations as well as give them an opportunity to hunt.
1: Yeah, if you've been to the park before, you've probably seen deer walking down the middle of the road. And, and Will mentioned that, uh, Will Collier's with us today, and he mentioned that um, he's played golf here and actually had deer stand next to him when he's teeing off. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, they don't, they don't care. yeah. <laughs> so that partnership, uh, we have a lot of supporters for that partnership, and they're actually hoping to reduce the deer herds around here a little bit. And that yeah. helps the overall health of the park. Uh, you know deer eat everything from the ground mm-hmm. up as far as they can reach. You
0: can see that browse line <laughs> yeah. through the woods.
1: Oh, uh, So but. yeah yeah that's one of the great partnerships we have with the state yep. parks.
0: And you mentioned it Mr. Will Collier is with us today we appreciate you being with us. Well, happy to be here. He's our fisheries biologist in Region 3 or one of our fish one of the fisheries biologists in Region 3 focusing on streams and rivers right? That's right. Okay cool been with us how long? How long you been with agency? It's my fifth year. Fifth year and, and, and Mimi was talking earlier it's kind of cool how you came from the teaching role you were a teacher.
2: Yeah, no, I uh, got out of school, got uh, a master's in biology, mostly in fisheries, working on sturgeon on the Tennessee River, and then um, it's kind of hard to get in, break into the scene of TWRA, especially in fisheries and biology, just because it's, it's... a, it's a job where people, when they get it, they don't leave. They don't quit. <laughs> they either retire or they die out. I mean, mm-hmm. so uh, just I had to wait for an opportunity and very happy to be here and working in that. But, no, I taught school for about three years, uh, middle school math at a local uh, middle school, elementary school. And cool definitely an interesting experience to kind of use now with education yeah. when we do school groups. So he's, I get to a,
1: he's a lot more patient with his coworkers now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: that training, being patient with middle schoolers now. <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, well we appreciate you being here with us and and he's going to try to lead us through this conversation today that uh talk about how we partner with this park uh fall creek falls and other parks and, and fish stockings and things like that so um we'll kick it off today starting with um, the winter trout stuff um winter trout stockings are underway right now and we stock bodies of water here in this area right
2: yeah no we have uh, a number of winter trout stockings in Region 3, uh, all the way from down near Chattanooga on Lake Junior, Athens, City Lake. Um, we got Monterey, there's Cane Creek Park in Cookville, and then we have the George Hole here in uh, Fall Creek Fall State Park that we just started up last year.
0: Cool, and you said that was part of Cane Creek, correct?
2: It is, yeah. There's uh, Cane Creek that flows through the park. It's, Cane Creek Falls is just uh, just down the road there. And uh, we we stock the George Hole during the winter trout stockings and in October and the winter trout here would go in in late february in the george hole and that's an area where people could walk right down to the water there's great access it's a nice pool area mm-hmm. and uh, it's 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 an interesting place that cane creek even flows downstream into uh, further into van buren county and we have another trout stocking locations down there during the spring trout stockings that we've actually added up here as well so we
1: what can- kind of cool. oh go ahead Sorry. no i was
2: Cane we have cane creek lower cane creek and we have upper cane creek that both get stocked with trout. One's on the plateau and one's right off. Okay. What kind
1: of response have you had to that that uh stocking here at the George Hole?
2: It's been very positive. We've had I've been in contact with Jacob Young, the park manager a lot trying to get a feel for how much um how much use it's getting and it's it's gotten a lot of pressure and so we started that kind of as a trial last uh, this past spring in the I guess at the end of February and uh, we kind of checked in enough, and it was we got a lot of response. I even came up here just to check on it, see how it was, and I actually Mm -hmm. ran into a guy that was from Chattanooga, had never been to Fall Creek Falls uh, Mm -hmm. State Park before, and he just wanted to come up and try his hand at fly fishing for the trout. And I asked him how he did. He's like, oh, I've already caught 15 this morning. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to get home because my (laughs) – (laughs) My wife's calling me. I'm trying to, you know, she's trying to get me home, and I keep catching fish. So I mean, that's I was like, well, that's a good problem to have up here. So (laughs) yeah, that's very happy to hear that. Yeah,
0: I was talking, uh, speaking to Jacob. I was talking to him earlier today, and he said that they're seeing an increase in visitors, as far as people wanting to rent cabins or camp. Uh, it's bringing in revenue for for the park, and and even though the the inn is down, they've closed it and they're remodeling or whatever they're doing with the inn there. A uh, rebuild. A rebuild. The folks are still coming and camping and and using the cabins and stuff during this winter trout. Yeah, that's adventure. So and
2: that's what when Jacob and I first started talking about stocking. Fall Creek Falls, with uh, or the state park, not the actual falls, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) with trout is that uh, it was a time when it gets minimal use, the park does, and so they're you know they're looking to increase you know visitors during that time of year, and so bringing in trout and having people catch trout and being able to keep them, uh, it definitely you know it's definitely a good thing for the park and for us as well.
1: Yeah, a lot of people don't think of a state park as a fishing destination, but obviously, this is. A nice one and it is a beautiful place to visit you mentioned earlier that uh, you've done some survey work here too um, yeah what no, else do you find outside we, of trout here uh,
2: well uh, for those that have been here they've been on you know they see the lake that you know was by the end and over some of the cabins that overlook the lake uh, we have a rotation on some of our state park lakes that we're on region three we're able to go out and do some electrofishing surveys to see how those state park lakes, you know, the bass, bluegill, red ear populations look. And Fall Creek Falls is one of those that's very important to us just because it's so large, it gets a lot of fishing pressure. And so last year we we came out and did our electrofishing survey and picked up some really nice bluegill, shellcracker, and some nice largemouth as well. Wow, it's
1: a lot of good fishing yeah. up there. Oh yeah, basically.
2: that's yeah, yeah. Cold water and warm water. Yeah. And y'all
0: have stocked and correct me if I'm wrong, shellcracker and catfish. Is that yes, right? just
2: this past year we had this. Actually, this fall we were able to put in some more uh, shellcracker, red, red ear sunfish, mm-hmm. um, and put in some channel catfish as well.
0: And Jacob was praising those efforts. So that you know the fishing is great. It, these lakes are, and and ponds needed that. You know he said it. We needed those fish, and that's that that's uh, improved them.
1: That lake is important, too. We partner with Fall Creek Falls State Park for the uh, uh, free fishing days, and there's a huge... Uh, kids event here Mm -hmm. during that time I've been up I don't know if you have I haven't made it
2: up to this one but no I've heard it has a huge uh, you know number of kids here I know Kyle Walling Officer Walling is here and he he always tells us there's hundreds of kids out there every year
1: yes um, Mark Patterson from Bledsoe County and Kyle Walling both those officers are heavily involved in that day and there's hundreds of kids that show up great uh, turnout great prizes and then of course we love seeing the kids out there with their fishing poles actually Mm -hmm. catching and and they they do bring in some nice fish that day from your stocking efforts. Yeah, that's
2: we do a stocking just for that for a free fishing day like we do some of our other uh, free fishing day events for the kids. We do just a large catfish. The catfish that went in this fall were much smaller, you know, because we're hoping they're you know they're going to grow up and be big one day. But mm-hmm. you know we put in a, a smaller number of large catfish specifically for that event. Usually the week of, if not you know a day or two before, just to give you know that extra you know shot in the arm for the fish Yeah. And then, That's good
0: information. That's probably something people don't know. Uh, Our stocking size of fish is not always, you know, you're not stocking these kind of fish. You're stocking smaller fish. Can you explain that a little bit just so people at home know?
2: Yeah. So a lot of our um, year-round trout fisheries, we stock fingerlings, you know, brown trout, uh, you know, maybe three or four inches in length, Mm -hmm. uh, knowing that they're going to grow and get larger. And, you know, the Caney Fork River, Center Hill, Tailwater, just in DeKalb County, Putnam County area, it has. We've never really stocked any large brown trout ever in that river. It's always fingerlings and maybe seven, eight inch
1: fish tops. Because the water's cold enough that it they're going to survive. Exactly.
2: They're going to survive. They're going to get bigger. And, you know, it's, we do that survey every year, electrofishing, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, 15 miles of that river. And almost every year we're picking up 24, 25, 26, up to 30 inch long brown trout. Mm-hmm. Just, That's exciting. You know, yeah, 10, 15 <laughs> pounders out of there. Wow. We know that they were, you know, the size of your finger when we put them in. Mm-hmm. so, but like I said, for free fishing day, we always stock large one, two pound catfish Mm -hmm. at a lot of events. We're out, you know, the fisheries uh, personnel are out every year for free fishing um, week. We call it week because it's not just the day for us. (laughs) Correct. It it starts early for us because we get out there and we're, you know, there's days and nights where we're there till midnight stalking fish all over the the state. Mm -hmm. So, but it's great. And then... uh, so that's that's normal stockings, but
0: then, like you said, the special stockings for those free fishing days. But then the winter trout fish are still a little bit bigger, right? They are, yes. Mm-hmm.
2: No, these winter trout, they come from primarily Del Hollow National Fish Hatchery as well as some of our state hatcheries like Flintville, Buffalo Springs, Teleco Hatchery. And, uh, you know, we can't sing the praises of Mm -hmm. the Fish and Wildlife Service enough when it comes to those federal hatcheries. They're the ones that spawn the fish, get the eggs, send them to some of our other hatcheries. Uh, they, They eventually grow out. And um, the winter trout specifically are the ones that we're getting 10, 12-inch fish. I was talking to a yeah, friend of beautiful. mine that was fishing a winter trout over near Murfreesboro on the west fork of stones just the other day. And he said every fish he caught was 12-plus inches. Wow. That's wow. great. And so that's a, that's a quality it fish. Makes it fun. Oh, yeah. yes.
1: And folks can visit the Dale Hollow Hatchery. I mean, oh, the yeah. Th- these places are often open, like our Teleco Hatchery down um, south. They're open to the public, and, and folks can come in and actually see the operation. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and uh, Teleco, I know they can feed the fish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of fun and exciting. And we were
0: just there not, recent, not too long ago That's for true. a show. So. That's true. Um, I made a note here to check the website. The, uh, the interactive ma- guide for the stocking dates, the interactive PDF, I should say, is really cool. Uh, Brandon Simcox has done a lot of work on that. Uh, you can click on a location. It will show you on a map where it is and then under there it gives you the regulations for that and what you can take what you can't take and all that kind of stuff so directions and everything right there in the interactive pdf on our website tnwildlife.org
1: yeah tnwildlife.org and click on fisheries and that Mm -hmm. winter trout stocking schedules on there and it's it goes beyond that um here we are talking about region three but there's so much that happens statewide not just within this region but far beyond these 24 counties um earlier you mentioned the stocking down on the teleco and and would you talk a little bit about that delayed harvest
2: yeah we have a, a number of delayed harvest and maybe explain delayed harvest yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. Some folks don't know right uh delayed harvest season is just that it's when you delay the harvest of the fish and so usually uh depending on the river and you have to check the fishing guide to make sure that you're you know abiding by the regulations but um, usually it's the first of october is the delayed harvest season will begin and what that means is it's only catch and release until usually about early march depending on the river And what that does is that allows us to put in fewer fish during a time of year where maybe not too many people are fishing, but to know that those fish are most likely going to remain in that area and grow throughout the winter without us having to feed them to get them larger just to be back in the stream in the the spring. So it's not only good for the people that are able to come fish them because they're, you know, being able to be out there. But it also allows us to have a fish that are larger quality without us spending our resources raising them.
1: And, 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 and it's also true because water temperatures will start to increase yes. um, um, once spring hits. Right. Um, so then they're harvestable. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so that, it
2: basically gives a good quality product right for the harvest season. Hawassi River is one of the better ones where those fish that come in in October and December, some in November, it gives people that want to catch and release fish the time to go do it. They can have that river almost to themselves for catch and release fishing, and that's a big passion for a lot of people. Mm. And then it allows us to have a good quality product in there in the spring for anybody that wants to come in and catch those fish and take them and harvest them.
1: And it is another gorgeous, gorgeous oh, spot. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: oh, yeah. And
0: if I don't want to put you on the spot here, but what's the, the take that come that time of year? How many can they take –
2: Seven. Seven, Uh, seven depending on uh, the statewide trout uh, regulations for trout, is seven fish per day. Okay. Uh, Certain rivers have different regulations. Um, You know, the Hiawassee, it's only two can be brown trout, Uh, there's no size limit. But if you go to, like, the Caney Fork River, Center Hill Tailwater, it's five total fish. Only one can be a brown. It's got to be 24 inches or larger, so hmm. a trophy. And then the rainbows and brook trout that are there have a slot
1: limit on them, 14 to 20 inch protected.
0: Sounds like we can put him on the spot anytime. I know. He knows exactly <laughs> what he's talking about.
1: But, again, TNWildlife.org, the, the most up-to-date fishing guide is there in mm-hmm. PDF form. You can check it from your smartphone.
0: Exactly, yeah, through the app or, or through, the, through online, TNWildlife.org.
1: So we spent this time talking about trout, winter trout stocking, um, but you mentioned muskie to me earlier and, and about uh, muskie fishing in some of these areas during the winter months. Can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, well, we're in you know the watershed. We're in the Caney Fork River watershed right now. The Cane Creek that you know just down the road goes into the Caney Fork, eventually comes into Great Falls Lake, then into Center Hill Lake. But this whole watershed, Cane Creek, the Collins, the calf killer, uh, it all has a naturally reproducing musky population or muskellunge. And it's a trophy fishery. There is, it's 50-inch it's minimum length limit on these fish. So, I mean, literally, they got to be this big. If you, you say, I caught one this big, I'll believe you it's because not a that, story. It, it's not a fish story. We've seen them, and we do survey work every year to keep track of the populations and make sure they're doing well. But there's a lot of people that it's a big passion for them. They fish northern muskie up in Minnesota mm-hmm. and uh, uh, you know, Michigan and Wisconsin, and they, they fish all summer long up there. And they drive down here, and some of them stay throughout the winter Hmm. just because their lakes are frozen. They stay all year down here to fish for our muskie.
1: Just for that. Are these gods?
2: Some of them are gods. Some of them are just really, you know, they just, you know, they they may not stay all winter, but they'll definitely come up. There's a group of people that come in uh, every winter and fish for about a week.
1: Wow. So I got to ask you, what's your favorite fish? Oh, man.
2: I don't know, probably probably brook trout wow. just because it's our, it's our state's only native trout and mm-hmm. it is beautiful. I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, it's green and yellow on top and red fin.
1: You know, the white stripe. Exactly. They're- <laughs> yeah. They're everything.
2: They have you know, little blue purple dots on them that you can't really see unless they get mature and they're older. So yeah, there's, it's a beautiful fish and, and it's, if you're going to find them. You gotta go to someplace beautiful to find them. You gotta go to those higher elevation mountain streams with the clear, clean water to be able to find this fish.
1: Mm-hmm. I remember I went I did some survey work with y'all and I want to talk more about your survey work, but but we were doing survey work at a really remote place in the mountains that we couldn't drive to. Oh, no, we no, had no. to hike in carrying all the gear, which there was you all take quite a bit of gear. Yes. <laughs> and, um, and I told my husband, you know, when you're driving down the road and you think no one ever goes there, I said, That's where we went. Yeah. Um, that's where you all were willing to go to collect that data uh, for the longevity of our only our only native trout. Yes. So I really appreciate, appreciate the work that you all no, do. No, we, we
2: enjoyed it. It's, it's, it's great fun. No, the, I mean,
1: I can tell you do. Yeah. I can tell. Um, so, so talk to us about, you know, we hear all these terms internally all the time about surveys and krill and, and all this, these different types of, um, surveys that you take in biological mm-hmm. data that you collect. Can you talk a little bit about those processes throughout different times of the year? Um, um what you're doing now and what you'll start in the springtime.
2: Right. I, I tell everyone my job is seasonal where I do you know it's I'm doing one thing this time of year and I'm not going to do that in November. It's 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 very seasonal work where we're on some of these state park lakes in the spring. Uh we hit as many as we can. There's so many, not state park lakes necessarily, but so many streams and rivers in the state that we can't hit them all in a year, but we try to hit the ones that are have the most angling pressure and are some of the more, you know, popular ones that have great resources. So we've been on the Collins, the Emery, the Calf Killer, the Baron Fork, Um, Chickamauga just all over the place and that's just in region three the other regions do just the same amount of work but Mm -hmm. what we do is when we're electro fishing it's just that we're electro you know electrocuting the fish they doesn't kill it doesn't kill (laughs) them it just puts them in a state called tetany where it just makes their muscles contract and they just float up and you know we dip them out put them in a live well once we get to a certain point we met way uh, measure them record the data just to get an idea of how the population is looking Mm -hmm. and we do that on like i said the state park lakes the streams the rivers and the reservoir crew does the same thing on all the major uh tennessee you know system reservoirs cumberland river all the ones uh we also do krill like you mentioned earlier uh and that's Krill C R E E L, not K R I L L like you know like you know the whales eat. So and all a Krill survey is is just a Krill clerk or a surveyor going out and asking a set of questions to get an idea on how much fishing pressure there is and what's the harvest and what's the catch rates because you know how do we know you know, how do we know what this resource is worth? Well, we, it, it's it's a great river, so we love it. But, you know, to put numbers to it, it takes survey work. Mm-hmm. And most of the lakes get krilled about every year or so. And we do a number of rivers, like the Caney Fork River this past year, we did krill on it. And we we're also doing creel uh, surveys on our winter trout program, where we just asked, how long have you been fishing? Where are you from? Um, how many have you caught? How many have you let go? Just to get an idea of what the you know demographics of the anglers are, as well as how the fishing is. And I was going to mention,
0: and you probably want to to uh, add to this, but don't don't be afraid of those folks. They're not
2: there to write you a ticket. You know, that some people I may run from them, or I've, you know, I've, I'm not in law enforcement. And right. every time I walk up to someone, it is I got my license. I'll show you. my I don't need to see your license. I'm just asking a set of questions. I just want to know how the fishing is. Right. But you can show me your license if you want to. But I, <laughs> and we know. appreciate you. Exactly. Thank
1: you. Yes. But yeah. that that data really goes into a long term. Uh, vision. Oh yes. Um, to ensure the health and the betterment and to help uphold the TWRA mission, which yeah. which we all do believe. A in. lot. <laughs> a lot of
2: our stocking rates are based upon uh, the krill surveys, like the winter trout. Where, uh, if if the catch rates are not high enough, then we're maybe we're wasting trout. Maybe we need to allocate that to somewhere else that it's going to get used. Because mm-hmm. a lot of these winter trout places. You know, it's great in the winter when the water's cold, but for rainbow trout and most trout, it's got to be below 70, 72 degrees for those fish to survive. And so we don't want to waste our resources when right. people aren't catching them. So we want to make sure those are going to the right spots. Mm. And then uh, back, kind of on that same note, the
0: winter trout stocking, they don't you don't get as many in East Tennessee just because they've got their trout streams. Right. And then but they're they're branching out. There are a few more there in the in the Knoxville area, I think, this mm-hmm. year and opportunities in East Tennessee. But the main reason we stock these winter trout stocking locations more central to, to West mm-hmm. is because
2: they don't have as much trout opportunity in those right. areas. Yeah. East Tennessee has a lot of tailwaters that are year round fisheries. It's got a lot of wild trout streams, uh, you know, region one doesn't (laughs) yeah it
1: gives them that opportunity which is amazing and we do um meet people from not just across tennessee but even from outside the state that are enjoying the hard work that that takes place um throughout the year Mm -hmm. (laughs) not just in the winter (laughs)
0: exactly well um if you get a chance to come visit fall creek falls try to do that we uh, appreciate them having us here and and um getting to experience this uh come see the falls you were saying earlier it's the number one or the tallest fall Uh,
1: tallest fall east of the rocky Rocky, Mountains. so that's pretty cool Mm -hmm. and
0: come check that out come enjoy some of the fishing opportunities here uh, all the other outdoor activities that are offered here at the state park Uh, we appreciate them having us here and and uh and being able to uh bring a show from the from the park it's pretty fun
1: yeah um Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to ask anything else uh, you want to touch on with fisheries. I mean, <laughs> you have the mic. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you know, just to compliment what you said about this area and visiting these places. I've got family; all of my in-laws are from Michigan, okay. and they visit twice a year or so. And we've, my wife and I've been married for ten years, and there's always some place within an hour or two away they've never been and are always impressed with mm. our state parks, our state natural areas, our WMAs. You know, we. You know, I grew up here i don't think about it that way but you get an outside perspective on it and we have something in this you know in this state that most states don't
1: Mm -hmm. yeah the diversity which reminded me um earlier when you were talking i just have to tell a story i can't remember where we were and you all were doing an electrofishing uh demonstration in the water and and um our fisheries guys know fish so well that um uh, someone pulled out a little fish, and, and Will, his eyesight's much better than mine, obviously, but Will had to Will um, had to count the scales in between the eyes to know what kind. I don't know if it was a chub oh, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, there's a number of <laughs> ways some of those fish that you have
2: to count scales or gills. and yeah.
1: So we're talking about sports fish here, but you all are looking at a plethora, a right. variety of fish that, that might not be considered a sport fish, but nevertheless, they add to the beautiful state of Tennessee's diversity. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, we have uh, we we've started and working with the, uh, the the U.S. Forest Service about doing snorkeling uh, demonstrations for kids. We did one this a couple of this past summer where we take them and uh, up in the uh, Katusa WMA on Daddy's Creek, and we got in the water with them. We had snorkels and masks, and I've taken my kids, and people don't realize what we have in these streams and rivers. You just think about bass and trout and things that you know you catch. Mm-hmm. Tennessee has more species of freshwater fish than any other state in the U.S. Amazing. And a lot of those are little fish, but they're beautiful. And, you know, darters and, you know, everything else that we have, people just don't think about. So it's, it's, it's nice to see, you know, people that may have not known it was there. You put a mask and snorkel on them, and they're like, oh, my gosh, I've lived here my whole life. I had no <laughs> idea these little
0: fish existed, yeah. and they
2: were so beautiful.
0: And that goes back to what you were saying earlier about how within an hour's drive, probably from anybody's home, there's something you haven't seen exactly haven't experienced yeah Yeah, you don't have to take your head under the water to find (laughs) it right so with a few more minutes left uh, if somebody wanted to get into what you're doing how what would you how would you encourage them to to get into the world of fisheries
2: you have to have a, you're right. You have to have a passion for it. Like anybody that <laughs> works for our agency, you can't just not enjoy being outside and wildlife to, you know, to do this job. And
1: I, in all weather conditions, exactly.
2: You know, I grew up loving the crocodile hunter as a kid, you know, I just, yeah. one of those, you know, Steve Irwin, talk about a guy with passion, mm-hmm. you know, he was, you know, I, I looked up to the guy and then I, you know, I didn't want to necessarily do what he did, but I, you know, I definitely uh, saw his passion and I worked, um, you know, made great, you know, fair good grades in high school. Went to uh, Tennessee Tech University, got a uh, bachelor's degree in wildlife and fisheries. But Tennessee Martin, UTK, they all have programs like that. I mm-hmm. uh, got a master's in biology emphasis, like I said, in sturgeon on the Tennessee River. But we're working with students from Tennessee Tech right now to give them volunteer opportunities, doing creel work on some of these winter trout places. And that's really for these students that are already in the pipeline, that's what separates. They need to be able to have a, you know, feet on the ground working with us and seeing what we do to really gain an a you know you know appreciation for what we do. And you know, it always helps when you know someone like that and you can vouch for them as you're interviewing them. Mm-hmm. This wow, this this kid, I remember him when he was nineteen as a tech student. <laughs> Look at him now. Yeah. yeah. Well, that
0: and then you don't have to I mean it's not all Law, it's not all law, law dogs. We're not out writing, not everybody's out writing tickets. We've got biologists, we've got... Um you know, the on the wild side and the fishery side, and non-game and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so there's, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes people you don't. And think. then there's folks like me, and Mimi. they're doing information stuff. Right. So there's mm-hmm. there's all kinds of different avenues, yep. and uh, so people always ask, "How can I get involved? How can I be a part of the agency? I want to do this or that." And
1: yeah, so. we get messaged a lot on Facebook uh, where folks say, um, "What do I need?" And mm-hmm. they might ask about a specific exactly. job, and, mm-hmm. and it all all really does start with that education. And Will's definitely got it. I've seen him count scales between fish's eyes. <laughs> that's what led me to that
2: question. Yeah. I was like, man, that, well, you that, know, it's a lot. Of it. That's it what my that. friends say. I was like, what do you do for a job? I was like, I count fish. <laughs> I, that's that's what we do for, yeah. you know, play in the creek and count fish. And then which... put them in very hard to, <laughs> to understand uh, <laughs> equations to come up with. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, we thank you for what you do, Will, and all the hard work you well, put into yeah. um, Region 3 and beyond.
0: Yeah, yeah. We really appreciate you. Uh, being a part of the show and taking time to come up here and we want to thank uh, the state park for allowing us to be here today and uh, and uh, we um, we're thankful for those partnerships we know they appreciate it and we appreciate it as well it gives opportunity for folks to, to enjoy uh, great opportunities in different parts of the state it so does. thank you thank you Thank you Mimi and we Thanks, will um, see you all next time right here on Tennessee Wildcast. Thanks for tuning in.